Hey you, thanks for tuning into the Waiting List Podcast. I'm Long Long. I'm Daniel. And I'm Jacqueline. And we are three watch friends with a healthy obsession for watches. So sit back and relax with us while we chat with collectors, industry giants, and share some good vibes. All right, welcome to the pod, guys. And today it's just the three of us, but I thought we would record this session and put it out because we would have had this conversation anyway amongst the three of us. And I thought it might actually work well as an episode. You know, we'll see if that's true or not. So, Jack, um, we know, but others don't. But where have you been mm. in the last two weeks? Um, so I was in uh, Switzerland for about a week at the beginning of November, but now I'm finally back in Canada. And um, that's why we wanted to record this because I don't know, like we thought it would be kind of, I mean, maybe cool to chat about what I've seen um, since it was my first time to be exposed to these kind of things. So. Yeah. And what did you go for? Well, I, mm, for many things, many purposes, but like the one thing that I was most excited about was um, to finally be able to see and like touch um, the the pieces through you know auction previews and, and and going into the ateliers basically like and because I've never done any of this before so it was like a first time experience for me and I did see a lot of things that kind of took me by surprise some that I was disappointed about but um, others took me by surprise so you went there for to see some independent watch brands and yeah. during your stay there, you know, you managed to see some watches because the auctions were happening. Yes. Right? I, I tried to fit in and uh, this is, you know, quoting our previous guest, Fet Tan. I may might have been a little bit overly ambitious with my time, but I tried to fit in as much as possible during my short stay there um, to see the auction previews, to touch the pieces and, and visiting some ateliers and um, yeah. So essentially you went there for watches, right? So where did you choose to stay? Uh, what do you mean? Like the hotel? Well, you, yeah. I chose to stay. Wait, why are you bringing this up? No, because I just want to see like ge- demographically, ge- geographically, yeah, like, <laughs> For people who haven't been to Switzerland, oh, know, okay. maybe they have a different appreciation of the size of Switzerland, for example, right? So uh, okay. how far is everywhere away from your hotel? Why did you pick that hotel? You know, you don't have to tell me the room. You're not staying there now, right? Oh, okay. No, I'm I'm surprised because I was I was um quote unquote like venting about this to someone the other day, and I can't remember if it was you or someone else, but um, I, I chose to stay at the Four Seasons in Geneva, yeah. which has like a beautiful view of the lake, um, like a part of the lake. Obviously, it's not the main lake. And then um, it was very. Com- OK, my favorite thing about that hotel is because of conveniency. Like it was so convenient to just go everywhere. You can literally reach all of the boutiques and um, some independent uh, workshops within five ten minutes of walking distance and that was something i really appreciated because it was my first time in geneva and um yeah i i loved it the food was great too but my my complaint was i didn't realize and i should have took notice earlier i didn't realize just how expensive it was to (laughs) stay there um and i only realized that the morning that i checked out and i had to double check <laughs> because it didn't look right um yeah so but i say that the four seasons i would definitely recommend did you think you, did you think i could have got a watch for that <laughs> i definitely could have and a very nice one too um i i definitely would recommend the hotel for people who are going there to see you know the paddock museum like every it's basically five minutes walk within everything like 10 minutes max um so the location is superb a plus but like the food and it was also really great. But then the thing is for me, I couldn't really eat outside of the hotel because well, A, I didn't really have much time to eat. And, and secondly, um, the QR code that I got for my vaccination in Canada doesn't read 
in Switzerland. So you needed like a specific European QR code that you could only attain through either the airport or like pharmacies. But then the thing is, it's only valid for 48 hours. So you have to keep going back to get a test. And then so I just wasn't going to bother with it. Um, So I couldn't really enter any of the sit down restaurants outside of the hotel. And that's another reason why I think my hotel bill was (laughs) crazy. So, yeah. Did you did you get to get to go to the flea markets or anything like that? Were they on? No, I honestly like I didn't get to see much aside from my. Well, I went to Geneva um, for the purpose of watches. Right. And I was just basically um, just one thing after another. I was averaging about 15,000 steps a day, which is, I think, pretty much like a lot. And then because I'm not walking all the time, I'm walking and sitting there. Right. But I walk to a lot of places to sit there and talk. So, yeah. yeah. Right. But on the first day you got there, I think you went straight to the Patek Museum. Um, I did. So what was that like? And what did you get to see? Anything special? Because it's interesting. I've just finished that Grand Complication book yeah. by uh, Stacey Perman, right? Yeah. And um, towards the end of the book, where both guys, have, Henry Graves and uh, Ward Packard, have passed away, it talks mm. about what happens to their collection, right? To yeah. basically modern day, where those pieces are. And yeah. obviously the Patek Museum is heavily involved in that. Yeah. So it'd be interesting what you saw. Um, yeah. So I went there my first day. I I got off the pl- flight at 1030. And then um, I was, you know, I got to the hotel and checked in and everything. I was absolutely, I was so tired. I took a shower and then I was debating if I should take a nap or go and sightsee. But um, I decided to just get out because I was like, yeah. like, what's the point of me sleeping here? Like, yeah. I'm only here for such a short time. Um, so then I walked to the Paddock Museum and um, <laughs> I couldn't get in <laughs> because of my QR code. Oh. So it was the first place that I realized I couldn't have access to all these like museums or whatever um, with a Canadian QR code. So I had to kiss ass and um basically yeah <laughs> it was so embarrassing i was like texting my friend who's in london and i was like can i use your qr code i doubt they're gonna check so then he <laughs> sent me his qr code and because he's also chinese like the name you know like, it's not like peter and they're like oh yeah peter you're not a guy um so then i was like, oh yeah this is gonna work and then the guy asked for my id and i was like oh i didn't bring it like i I'm only here to see the museum. They're like, no, you have to, like, do you have anything? Do you have an email? Do you have like a, like a bank statement? Do you have a credit card? Anything? I was like, does a screenshot of my PayPal account work? And then they're like, yeah, it worked. But then I, I was like, I just shot myself. Cause how am I going to get access to his PayPal account? And I was like, oh my God, I'm, st- I'm sitting there like t- texting my friend. I was like, I need something with your name. And then the guy was, oh, just go in. I trust you. Just go in. I was like, okay, thank you. Um, so then I went in and I only had a, I didn't have enough time to go through everything because they closed pretty early and I had to meet someone else. Um, but um, it's like, I think four floors and you go in and you, <coughs> um, you first go through the history of the brand and then you go into the pocket watches and the grand complications. And then the second floor, I think it's like mostly wrist watches. <coughs> and then I didn't get through the last floor. So I did, I borrowed an iPad and then I walked through the exhibit. Um, and I saw again, like the pieces that you've, you've read about, right? Like the 2499 P like the Henry Graves and all these things. So, um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. You can't take photos though, can you? In the, well, you can, no, you can't. Oh, you can't. <laughs> you cannot. Hmm. Really? Mm. No, no, of course. So what was the uh, most memorable thing that you didn't take a photo of? <laughs> um, let me just check my phone. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, 
I the most memorable thing well like the really early pieces like pieces that don't even have a reference number so it's just are we a talking caliber. about clocks or are we talking about pocket watches are we talking okay, about watches we're talking about wristwatches because okay. that was you know I only had a limited amount of time and if I were being like a very studious like scholarly person I should have went through the pocket watches and the history like first but I was time conscious and I did the wristwatches first and um I I saw the really early ones without even a reference just the calibers and oh, then okay. I saw um I did see a lot of the you know grand com uh, pocket watches the star caliber and then I also saw um like a like a whole alignment of um uh Giger Albert like which is like the shaped paddocks um and then I saw obviously the perpetual calendar chronos I saw the split second mm -hmm. retro like it was it was amazing like in the dial configurations right and dial case configurations that you've never even seen from online you have to like double check and for some reason um like allegedly I think what they did was the lighting for the showcases, right? It's straight down. So like the way that they positioned the watches and the light, for some reason, they looked really small in the display case. And also, allegedly, if someone were to take a photo, it's not very advantageous to their position because the light is so harsh. And if someone were to take a photo, the angle is just it just blinds you there's it's just like the saturation is completely off the charts and exposure so it's actually you know you can't really take a good photo but i mean that's why they don't want you to take photos so well, there are a lot of people there or is it like is it crowded like um, um, yeah do you have do you feel like um you know when you go to some like exhibitions you feel like you're taking not someone else's time. You actually no. have time to actually really take your time to go through it if you chose to. Yes, you definitely do. It was not crowded at all, or at least the time that I decided to go. And yeah. it, it was very hot in there, though. Like, they ask you to take off your coat and everything. Um, but even with that, like, it's really heated in there. And I just remembered something. I also saw the George Daniels pocket watch while I was there. There were some tour guides, mm. not tour guides, but, you know, guides, um, because I saw a couple of people in groups and there was someone leading them. So maybe next time if I go, I would want to be led by someone. But I didn't have time. I just had Why was there iPad. a George Daniels there? Do you know why? Um, I th I think it was, well, you know, like the Paddock Museum isn't just all Paddock, right? Right. So they had a bunch of other watches there, okay. like on display. Yeah. Because the reason I'm asking is, again going back to that book right um so it's so fresh in my mind because i only finished it yesterday yeah um a couple that was a big collector called seth atwood right that mm. managed to curate and collect a lot of these um pocket watches and stuff right mm. and um nobody thought that he would suddenly just sell off his collection so actually he was one of the people that was competing with the patek museum all the time in the auctions and um yeah, he basically sold everything. Like he basically six years before he died, he decided it, then that was it. Sold everything. It came out of, out of the blue. But one watch he kept was a pocket watch made by George Daniels. That's the only one cool. he kept. Yeah. And I thought, whoa. I, I came out reading that book thinking, what George Daniels like? <laughs> but maybe I just got brainwashed. Very yeah. cool. Wow, oh, wow. Mm. wow. Yeah. So um, like I thought, you know, it was it was really nice to see the other watches like next time i go i'll definitely spend more time mm. but um even like when you said buying out entire collections right mm. one of the previews i went for very briefly was antiquorum mm. and actually it was my first preview i went even before the paddock museum and um i was studying and i was sitting there and I was speaking with a specialist and the specialist and while chatting, he mentioned, he was like, okay, so um, what you don't know is lot one to lot 147 all came from the same guy. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, what? Like, that's crazy. And, and he's like, yeah, he's a very, you know, well-known collector in Switzerland. And he bought 80% of them. He bought from Antiquorum and he sadly like passed away a few years ago. So now his family is auctioning mm -hmm. all of these pieces mm -hmm. off. 
and you sit there and you look at the catalog one to one four seven. There was, I mean, there were so many and mm. so much variety um, that it, it did make me think, right? Mm. Like this was someone's life's mm. not work, but you know, it was a part of his life or her life. Yeah. And, and they don't accompany you after um, exactly. you, you pass away. Exactly, so, so yeah. what you can keep is, basically the knowledge, the information, the people that you've met, like you can't really materialistic, like take them with you and, and they do go somewhere. So imagine you're a, you're a watch in his collection, right? Like yeah. you've been with this person for how many years and then suddenly the owner passes and you get auctioned off to join another person somewhere else in the world and you start another life and it's like, as if I were the new buyer for that watch, the only information I might know is I might know the guy's name. I might know the you know service history and whatnot. I know that he owned it, but you don't really know anything else about that person's life. And you don't know what his attention was when buying this watch. You just know that you have something of someone else's and they might've cherished it long before you did. It's like, it's, like, it's weird to think. Well, about- I, no, 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 it's not. Because again, I go back to that book. Yeah. It talks about that very thing because after the, like I said, it talks about the collections, what happened after they died. Well, yeah. it's very hard for the piece to mean the same thing to the person that bought it to the next generation and the generation after. Yeah. And what actually happened to the pieces is you're saying that, um, you know, it's sad that they turn out the auction and then it gets to, gets to be purchased by somebody that, um you know might not really understand it but a lot mm-hmm. of the pieces from the graves and the packard collections right are still not found they got dispersed yeah. so badly that yes yeah, some turned up at auction but there are a few cases where some people didn't even know what it was yeah, yeah. they went there and they can sign the fact see the family crest and stuff and then they think oh this is an important piece like yeah. it somehow managed to end up with people that don't even no or care about watches you know it'd be like locked in the attic or something you know and very in poor condition so i thought again a bit like you it was a bit um melancholic like Mm -hmm. um how and then also i wrote in my notes you know how i do notes on instagram about the books i read how Mm -hmm. transient we all Mm -hmm. are you know that these things do we really possess them you know Mm -hmm. because henry graves super complication took eight years to make he only had it for three years and then he gave it to his daughter like very transient yeah and it made me think about my own like collecting journey i think you know it all kind of resonates a little bit good questions to think about yeah so i gotta ask though the next question is you went to also see ricepi at his manufacturer right Mm. in fact you went twice what did Mm. you get to see there well, I mean, I just wrote a post on it today, coincidentally. Um, I, I I went to see a few manufacturers and uh, Crivia was just really convenient again because it was in like five minutes away from the hotel. So I could very easily walk there. Um, the first time I went basically was very short. Both times were very short because they're absolutely like packed with schedules. Uh, first time I went, I met um, Rajab and, and Annabelle, um, who's, you know, manages the, the workshop and, and, um, and they basically, his wife, yeah. yes, well, partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, showed me around the workshop, showed me all the machines. And, uh, it was during that visit when I realized that like Mr. Hagman wasn't there because it was an afternoon. And then I realized, oh, he only works in the mornings. And then I told them how I wanted to, if possible, meet him um, because I really want to see his hands. Because again, going back to our previous conversation, John Reardon, when he came on, he suggested that we should uh, ask to see his hands when, when, uh, if possible. So I told them the story and they're like, oh yeah, of course, just come back um, next week, uh, uh, like at this time. And then uh, and I made it work. When I was back, I met with Mr. Hagman, and that was kind of the highlight of my really short trip there because it wasn't just about the brand or the watches. It was, 
hearing his story, it was very emotional in a sense because he's 82 years old. And I've obviously learned about his name long before I met him um, through, you know, books and, and catalogs and videos. And so I, I knew who he was and his um, legacy and the, the like such a legendary guy. Right. So I was kind of nervous when when I saw him, but it, it was like the most normal thing. And in some weird way, again, with the language barrier, I could understand a little bit of what he was saying and I, we could communicate a little bit, but I couldn't have done it without Annabelle's help. And but when she left, I think in uh, during the conversation, she left to answer another call or something. So it was just me and him at his bench. And he was showing me opening up every single one of his drawers at the table, showing me the tools and um, like the, the goggles and everything at his workbench. And I was asking, trying to ask questions, right? Like formulate first. I have I, I conceive a question and then I have to translate it into French and then with hand gestures and body language, like try to make him understand what I'm trying to say. And he understood and I could, you know, make out the words he was saying. And he was so patient. And um, uh, I, I loved I, I love talking with him in a weird way. It felt like I was that I was talking to my granddad and he was showing me something that was dear to him. You know, it's that feeling. Um, so to him, you know, it's not about the, well, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like this to sound bad, but this is just how I think of it in my, in my head. Like, you know how as consumers and as clients, we think about a watch as a complete form, right? Like mm-hmm. you can take it apart and study the components, but you never really think of the parts you think Each of the watch, component. you think, yeah, you think of the watch as a watch, as a whole. Yeah, yeah. But to him, he thinks of every single one of the components that make up the case. So, and you can tell just how he approaches each and every single part of the metal. Like when he was turning, showing me the machine that um, uh, he had to go out and find in order to make the bezel of the watch. When Grigette approached him and said i want to make a this type of bezel and he told rajab i we can't do that because you can't find the machine now and rajab and them were like kept going back and forth back and forth until i think like months later mr havamon told rajab hey last night i just had a revelation if we can find this machine we can make that part he can alter the machine uh no it was that one specific part to a machine Oh, okay. And I don't know the words. I don't know. I forget. But I was like, whoa, that's really cool. And then Annabelle said, um, only after did he have that thought, did they go out and try to find these really old machines? And they bought all three of them, all the three that they could find in Switzerland. And they're really old parts, right? Hmm. So first, if he didn't have that thought, then it wouldn't lead to the parts. And then they wouldn't lead to that specific case design. And it was just like hearing all these behind the uh, scenes stories. And then he then showed me, I posted a video on my um, account of him showing me how the bezel part is, is turned, the concave bezel. And like how he brushes away the metal and like slowly but surely. And then after that, he removes the metal and then he sweeps up the remaining metal off the ground because you can recycle metal. Um, it was just all these steps that, obviously as an end consumer you might not know of but like he was very kind and patient to have walked me through his process Mm. um and then obviously before i left i asked to see his hands and um they're so strong you know like so warm and 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 big and strong and then and then um he showed me his worksheet that he draws with a pencil and then he gave me his business card. So it was very short. It was like, you know, 30, 40 minutes. But probably felt so like five glad. minutes, right? Yeah. I, I I was really glad that, you know, they were able to make time and and um for me to go back and see him. Oh, he was such a lovely guy. 
like such such a lovely guy so yeah do you think like you know when you just described the case how as consumers we dismiss some of the work that goes into some of these watches right and then mm-hmm. to see it actually in front of you being made like that you were like fuck you know i think you need to have a bit of a deeper appreciation of how things are made because you've got a big mm-hmm. contrast there right what is essentially to many people would say oh, that's just a bezel you know they kind of even don't dismiss it because it goes looking straight at the dial right of a watch um mm-hmm. but actually so much work just goes into that yes completely and another thought that i had while i was talking to him was like everything is i i think i gained a new understanding of what handmade means mm. because um a lot of the independents that you know say that they they hand make their stuff um, I was watching a video and, and the watchmaker of a brand was like, you know, people always focus on the machine, but really it's the man operating the machine that uh, counts. So then you think about like CNC machines, I'm not trying to diss CNC machines because, you know, CNC machines produce great things, but yes, there's a person pushing the button and setting up everything, but is it really handmade compared to like, something like this, like what Mr. Hagman is doing, I don't think so. Where previously I thought, okay, as long as it's not, you know, like everything is like this is done. Sure, there's a handmade factor. But then when I saw that and all the machines there, like the really, really, really old tools that he had collected, some of them were, you know, almost a hundred years old, he was saying like he had to, oh, one sad thing, um, a little bit sad was I was like, I asked him, these tools are so old where did you find them and he said well you buy them off of retired case makers and sadly there aren't that many retired case makers anymore because there aren't that many case makers um like to retire because the industry is basically like there's none left so it's really he used to buy them off of you know other case makers but now everything is just mostly cnc so he's really, um, I can say, like one of the last of his kind. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, very touching. Yeah. So you were there also in Geneva during the only watch auction, but mm-hmm. it's, an, it's an auction that I followed with you online mm-hmm. um, that we were talking about, but you were, you didn't go to the event. Yeah, how no. come you didn't go? Was it in your schedule to go or what? Like... Ideally, again, I put everything in my schedule. It just didn't work yeah. out. I had to meet someone else. I had to meet my family friend. Okay. Um, but I was watching on Instagram Live for a little bit. And then when I saw the result, I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it would have been cool to witness. But um, it's okay next time. It's up on YouTube for anyone who wants to watch it, the entire thing. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. Apart from meeting Mr. Hagman, mm. what would you say were the highlights of your trip? Um, well, seeing the watches that I was able to get my hands on and also um, chatting with some auction people. Um, I had a dinner with, you know, a, uh, the team at Phillips and uh, it was like my first time meeting them. So we had a pretty good conversation then. And then aside from that, like basically I I organized really well, right? Like sometimes only about watches, but then my family friend was also there. So then we went out for road trips too. So the road tripping part was also a big, big highlight for for myself because um, it's been a long time since I did a road trip and the weather worked, you know, turned out to be really nice on the days that we did go road tripping. Um, So those were also my highlight during the time you went you know it was pretty much a, a mecca of people gravitating to geneva because of the only watch and all the other yeah. auctions happening right yeah did you it would, it would have been like a bit of like a who's who of watch watch industry did you see anybody yeah i saw i saw some people um but like in passing and everyone was just so occupied so who did you see <clears throat> i saw marco <laughs> Swiss watch game. <laughs> um, he. Uh, Did he see I, you? No, he didn't. 
and he doesn't right. know what I looked like, obviously. Well, he does listen to the podcast. He does listen to the podcast, but again, it was very, very in passing. It was like I'm walking out of the hotel and he's walking it. So yeah, I'm sure Marco was very busy. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. would have been really busy during the time. Yeah. So I saw Marco. I saw um a, a lot of dealers from Europe. Yeah. Um that again, I didn't know who they were until like I I I made out the like the watch. You know how sometimes you 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 don't know the person, right? But then you 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 take note of their watch and then they post yeah. a story of them wearing the watch. Oh, like you're oh, you're that guy. Yeah. Um I saw I saw Davide Parmigiani. I saw yeah. his son and I saw um, Andrea Fofi, who's another, you know, big Italian dealer. Um, I saw uh, Mike Tay. I saw, um, uh, yeah, I saw a lot of people. They were just in passing. Ben like, Clymer, everyone was there. Oh, <laughs> a side profile. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But for you as well, this was the first time that you actually went to an auction preview, right? Like quite a good one to go to, I guess. But mm. how was that whole atmosphere of engaging with? Because you you got into watches pretty much during COVID time. You're not really engaged with any collectors, let alone watches with that amount. How was that whole experience for you? Um, do you want me to be real? Do I do I be real yeah. on this or? Yeah, you'll be real. Um. It was, you know how sometimes you read a book and then you imagine the story there, but then you watch the remake of the movie and it's not the same as what you had thought while reading the book. That was a really good way to describe it. Yeah. So then there's kind of like that, not disappointment, but I was like, oh, it's different. It's different than what I thought it was. It was very, it was different from what I thought it was. Um, It was a lot more business oriented than just the joy of learning i i would say and yeah it was it was very business oriented or maybe it was you know the conversation that i partake so um, more commercial than you, you thought yes it was it was i mean it is commercial because you're mm. purchasing but uh it was, i didn't expect that to that level of maybe it's just me being naive um but it was different from what i had thought and some of the watches were different. Um, some I thought I would just be like in all of. I weren't really. Um, and then so some that I you'd be in awe of. I can't say that because people are gonna people are gonna hate on me so much. I can't say that. You can't say that. Okay, I think you're in your own right to say it. It's just not for you, right? Okay, like, well, you can't like every single piece. Okay, well, yeah, okay. This is where I think the hyping factor has maybe gone out of control a little bit. Like, what did I see that I wasn't... Okay, well, you know how, like, everyone was over the Dufours and the duality and stuff? Mm -hmm. And I saw the duality. And, well, I don't know. Maybe it's the lighting. It was really dark. Like, when I saw the movement, like, I I what I wasn't I'm not Slow saying it's a bad watch obviously because it's a great watch like don't hate on me for that but it, it just wasn't I expected like the oh you know like church bell ringing <laughs> like that type when I see it because it's just been so it, you see it everywhere online right but then when I saw it it wasn't it was just like oh yeah um, and then I saw the simpl- a simplicity for the first time. I didn't even ask to see the Grand Sonnery because I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I asked to see a lot of stuff and I just felt shy of asking. Um, but yeah, I saw a lot of things that weren't like, you know, wasn't what I expected to be. However, the one watch that we talked about between the three of us and Lon was making fun of me. The 2497G I saw in person, and I would absolutely do what we said I would do to get that watch. (laughs) (laughs) That was a stunner. Right. 
Yeah. So Long's been pretty quiet on this podcast. I guess what she really wants to know is, did you have any good breakfasts? <laughs> I did. <laughs> a very, very expensive really breakfast. <laughs> very expensive breakfast. Um, I had the, I think I texted you a photo, right? I had yeah, the, the, not the waffle. What am I talking about? The, the pancake, French the French toast. Um, <laughs> I was just shocked that How one. Oh, okay. Also that it was a little bit sweet for me though. I have yeah, to say, it's, because very, they, sweet. it's very sweet. It's really I, like, sweet. It's very, very sweet. So I, and I didn't finish the entire thing. I think that portion is like for two people and I ordered I a bunch of other not. stuff. Okay. It's not for you. It's not, I take back what I said. It was very sweet. Um, yeah, I was just shook by how much they charged Five. me for a pineapple juice. <laughs> yeah. 18, juice. 18 Swiss francs. <laughs> And you know what? I ordered it every single day. <laughs> like, did, you, did I know? Did it make a lot of sense? Like, you know, Waco's uh, rant on the Basel sausage. Yeah, it hit home on how, how I mean, he well, just referred to the sausage, but essentially well, I don't know how, like much... how expensive everything is, especially during Basel. Oh, oh, my God. It was so expensive. And me eating, like, 90% of my food I ate inside the hotel, okay? Like, if not room service, it was at the restaurants, where you know I met people and then we just went to eat at the restaurant, and it was so, it was really good, but it was just 18, 18 euros. <laughs> did you say for a pineapple juice? Eighteen Swiss francs <laughs> for a okay, pineapple sorry. juice. Okay, but you can convert it. That's the thing. This That's like twenty five Canadian for yeah, you can convert a, it. like for okay, a imagine, pineapple juice. But imagine like when I went to uni, like. Uh, like just water was like two pounds one pound and at that time for me it was like times 4.5 yeah so obviously yeah. I'm gonna be like this is ridiculous yeah I'm always doing anything yeah I'm always doing the math yeah. but the thing is like I didn't have much choice right I, I still ordered it knowing how much it cost yeah like I was just I don't know <laughs> like because at that moment I felt like I had the power of checking this off on the breakfast thing and then hanging it on <laughs> my door. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, what's stopping me? I literally no, I was like, what's stopping me? I literally yeah. have the pen in my hand and I can yeah. just check whatever I want. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And then I walked out and then I hang it on my door. And I did that every single day, knowing that it was 18 Swiss francs. But then now I'm bitching about it. I just find it weird that of all the juices that you can drink, you chose pineapple. Because yeah, there weren't, yeah. well, well, okay. I chosen? also had grapefruit. No, I had grapefruit every morning, like when I was there, because there's this whole thing. Grapefruit, like, grapefruit was diet. 15. Yeah, grapefruit, <laughs> slimming, slimming. Yeah, so then you're like, I'm about to drink this grapefruit juice before yeah, I it eat tastes my like, but it doesn't. It's not the best tasting juice, but it's, it's a not, good, it's, like, yeah. slimming using, one. like, medicine. Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, while we're on the topic of food, like I had the beef carpaccio that was really good. I had the. Um, Did you have any Chinese food? Hey, the Chinese no. food there is actually quite famous. Because <laughs> some restaurants where, there. like, I only again, I only ate in the hotel. I had, I <laughs> must have ate yeah. black cod <laughs> like Every five day. or six times. <laughs> I remember the one day I messaged her, and I was like why are you drinking so much and then she's like no it's virgin <laughs> yeah oh that meal i didn't have to pay for <laughs> oh now i remembered i didn't have to pay for two of my meals there because because someone else paid for them okay jacqueline next time okay <clears throat> If we all travel like next season, right? Yeah. Um, make sure to line up your meals with all I'm these not... collectors that will pay for you. <laughs> oh I think, well. Yeah, I... When it comes to us traveling together, it's very clear that Long Long's going to be in charge of the food itinerary. Like, yeah, it's fine. Like, this is where we're just... going. Yeah, it's fine. I'll just deadlines. I managed to get this place. We need to be here at this set time. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm for it. I'm for it. I'll just and eat whatever you, you order. Jack, it'll be like, right, we need to be at this independent watch brand and we need to be at this museum. Yeah, no, this time. we will, we will, we will make sure it all works out. Like Long and I will make sure that the time and I'll just be like out. as usual, just going with too. the flow. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's that? What's that? What? Nothing. I don't know. I didn't see. 
We need yeah, to we rent have some to, bicycles, that's what I said. I know, I know people don't like inside jokes, but I have to say this. We also have to yeah. visit a particular district in Switzerland. Yes, yeah. we do, with Long Long. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> okay, so anyway, back to this. I know that you also went to visit two other independents, which were Kari and oh, also Atelier de Chronometry. I didn't. Like, <laughs> you didn't? Again, okay. I, was, <laughs> I was stupid. <laughs> I... Uh, like I, w- I messed up the time a little bit and it just like Kari didn't work out for me, um, which, you know, was a little disappointing because I really wanted to meet him and he was going to show me my dial, but it didn't work out and it was a little bit far off. Um, yeah, and- so why is Kari like Kari isn't close, is it? It's not. It's not. He's not. He's about uh two and a half hours away by 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 by, by car i oh by the way another mistake that you shouldn't do and i i did i rented a car why i rented a car no because because i I was like okay for road tripping it's fine Mm. like i'll Mm. I'll do it and it proved very useful for half of the time but what i didn't realize was like you know how much the hotel charged me to park the like i thought it was gonna be free right i'm really nick like nitpicky about these things i was like if i'm spinning are you the kind of person that goes to a hotel and doesn't know how much things are costing like because you think you're in the hotel like no yes well this is what i this is how i think right if i'm paying 1500 for a night you shouldn't charge me parking fees like in other countries it is free yeah so i so i again I was like, okay, this doesn't make sense. Anyways, um, yeah, I didn't. So get how much for parking fees? I forget. It was like a hundred, hundred, like a day, a night. Oh, it was ridiculous. I think okay. the juice is worse. I mean, what's the juice fresh? Hundred, uh, Swiss francs to park a day mm-hmm. is a quite a lot. <laughs> like, and uh, don't you forget about the hundred and like twenty-five or forty city tax per day. But Dan, if you convert that, okay, not even convert. If you look at Hong yeah. Kong, it's the same. Yeah. If you go park your car in the shopping center, yeah. it's the same. Okay. Well, it's not if you go and buy a fork at Landmark, right? Um, no, but even <laughs> after I deduct all my five hours at IFC, my my every time I go out, it's like 400 something HKD. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder you don't drive. Yeah. Right. The 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 one dish I ate the most was black cod and it was 75 Swiss francs. Oh. <laughs> like the only memory she has of Switzerland is fucking pineapple juice and black cod. Do you reckon do you reckon do you, do you reckon that if the watches were made elsewhere they would be like like 20% yes. of the price? Yes. Everything's expensive, right? Oh, so maybe it's those watches so expensive. Are... But I think so expensive. Jacqueline, you eat cheese, right? Yes. So I think I, okay, like I think I saved a lot of money, right? By going to the supermarket. Yeah, because there's no time to eat sometimes. So I'll go to the supermarket and buy a box of cheese and then just eat while I'm walking. That's what I will do next time. Like I didn't think. Could you get to the supermarket though with the QR code thing? Yes. Yes. Supermarket is fine as long as you don't eat there. If you eat there, like you don't have the food sections, they check your QR code. So, and I was downing espresso. I don't drink espresso ever. I was downing espresso every single morning. You know how they give you six packets? Like every day they had to replenish the six packets. Yeah. And I got really salty because they gave me a free bottle of milk to go with the espresso and it only came the day. Like I I was very, I didn't want to ask because I thought it was very obvious that I had finished my milk bottle. They just left it there. They never even gave me a new bottle. I was like, well, is this not up. obvious i was like i should have yeah. but i don't know why i didn't i just because it was free it was free and exactly. i thought <laughs> if you had to come back and re- give me all the six fresh packets you should as well give me the cream and why do i have to ask you clearly see an empty bottle mm-hmm. there's a lot of like hotel pet peeves like 
it's like, if you, if I have existing body cream and you can see that there's existing body cream, but you put a new one, that kind of stuff annoys me. Like, you know, this more like, you're now fucked up my like organization. Like <laughs> your arrangement. Here. Your arrangement. Yeah. And then it's like, I opened the coffee capsules and not like two of each color. And now you gave me four of the same one. And like, I'm like, what? <laughs> no there's more also the pillows i literally oh it was so uncomfortable the pillows either they were too high or too low like too hard or too soft so sometimes i try stacking both and then they don't work out i'm like oh my god i just slept without pillows um you know four seasons does they have a menu for like pillows and blankets you can actually (laughs) do i have to pay extra I'm not sure. <laughs> I didn't know that. But anyways, I, I the pillows, the 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 mattress was really nice. The blanket was really nice, but the pillows just couldn't. Yeah. So where did you road trip to? Oh, we road tripped a lot. The castle, right? Yeah, we road tripped a lot. Um, we passed by, you know, Kari, and <laughs> like didn't pass by like as in you could see them, but the the place that they they worked. Um. Mm. But you know, it was just they were they weren't he weren't he wasn't there. So mm. we went to a lot of places I can't pronounce now. But um, on my last day, because I had to come back to Geneva to fly out. On my last day, mm. the weather was really nice, and mm. I went to this little town called Annecy in in France. And mm. it was like thirty eight minute drive, and the weather was so nice. And I went and. Um, I just sat by the lake. It, it, apparently, it's like the clearest lake in all of Europe, and mm-hmm. really, it was like you could see to the right to the mm-hmm. bottom. And mm-hmm. um, I went there alone, and mm-hmm. it was just kind of like I like doing that when I'm at yeah. foreign places. It's like it's not making the most out of your trip. It's more mm-hmm. like um, admitting and 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 um acknowledging the fact that you are here mm-hmm. like very present in yeah. the moment so i just sat yeah. by the dock and i um i must have sat there for you know at least half an hour and just mm. watched everything and mm. um i really liked that yeah, yeah. sounds really cool but yeah. did you see atelier de Conometry? i did so i met um i met them so they traveled from Barcelona to come to Geneva for the only watch and we had a uh, dinner and uh I doubt they're listening but <laughs> <laughs> I can say maybe I shouldn't say it no no oh maybe you I can't should. you can't do that you can't just say I'm not shouldn't say it you gotta no, say but it what if they listen no should we cut this bit out? Okay, yeah, you can I cut this bit out. Know. I can just tell you. Okay, yeah, I just okay. want to know whether they paid. No, Long Long's like, <laughs> I'm going to cut this out, but she's not really. <laughs> okay, so Go this on. is what happened, right? Um, <laughs> they came to my hotel. Obviously, I told them, I, I let them pick. And they're like, oh, our son, they brought his their son. It was really adorable. Um, our son really likes Japanese food. I was like, oh, perfect. I've been eating at this <laughs> perfect let's just go to the same restaurant where i can order my black cod and um we went and you okay you should cut this out because i'm gonna be very (laughs) real um all throughout the conversation i was like okay they're gonna pay for it they can't make me for it because i'm i'm ordering two watches from you and um but then it was like, okay, are they going to pay for it or should I be nice? Because I'm in my hotel, right? So at the end, you know, the conversation went very well and they had a son there. So I just felt kind of bad. Like when I went, when I asked for the check and mm-hmm. I was sitting, um, my face uh, facing the guy and the kid and the waiter was coming from my side. So then mm-hmm. I just very naturally turned around and told them my room number. And it was very expensive. <laughs> but but um, I think they expected, I think all of them, even the okay. people. Yeah, maybe. But yeah. they did say as soon as I, so he did reach out his hand yeah. to, you know, ask for the bill. Oh, oh, oh. And 
I guess out of convenience, I just said, oh, room 503, because I'm already staying there. Like, oh, Why didn't okay. you just say a random room number? Yeah. <laughs> but but then they were like, oh, you're too fast. Like, I, I said that too fast, but they also didn't like, no, please, I insist. And they no, weren't like that. That's a Chinese thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. So like, I was expecting some type of, no, I insist. So I can be like, no, 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 it's my mm. treat. But dude <laughs> it's very no. expensive yeah because mm-hmm. we ordered drinks we ordered wine <clears throat> and um this, this, yeah yeah and then oh, only chinese people do it like really yeah. well yeah like, you never see the bill yeah. yeah and then they showed me the 3d printing mm-hmm. of uh, i have a i have a model they mm-hmm. gave it to me of the case because i redesigned the case mm-hmm. for my watch and mm-hmm. they're like oh yeah this is the case and then, yeah that was Italia de Chronometry. Mm. And then, okay, and then cut. And then I also really <laughs> wanted to visit this uh, workshop called Haldeman, right? Which is also a mm. independent, yes, yes Biat. And uh, it was really close to the Kari, but I also messed up the time. <laughs> and okay. um, um, another guy who just makes everything by hand, by the way. So that would have been cool to, to see next time, next time. What did you, what would you have done differently now that you had that experience in Switzerland and going around the independence? Would you have done anything differently? Oh, I also went to see Laurent Ferrier. Sorry, I forgot. Um, okay. I went to see Laurent Ferrier in the workshop with my friend who um, uh, owns a gallery in, in Old Town Geneva and he kind of it's a family business so they uh they work with you know all these independents and then you can basically approach them to go to the factory tours or you know order bespoke pieces or whatnot so um i went to laurent ferrier with them because i was picking up my piece that i had ordered through them it was the um they they did a collab kind of thing and and i really liked the watch and also in part i really wanted to support them um so then they brought me over and they picked i i was able to take delivery of my watch so they had the watch in their office but then they were accepting two more so then i said oh can i go with you so i can take delivery right there and then at the workshop they're like yeah of course so then we went met with mr ferrier and his son and also rob who is you know the spokesperson for the company and showed me around, um, saw some of their not yet released models, which I think will be really, really cool to see. It's their way of responding to the demand of the market, but also adding their own flair to it. Um, So that was really nice. So that was another independent. But then to answer your question, what would I have done differently? I think next time, if I were to go, I would definitely not just overpack my my schedule and um leave out free time for other things because this i don't i didn't think i don't i didn't do that and i think i missed out on some cool things to see um and also just to explore geneva a little bit so the free time to put in spontaneity spontaneous events yeah yeah because you know sometimes see i didn't meet people this time right like i i saw them they didn't know who i am um and next time and also maybe it's because i was there for the most part with the watches alone i didn't feel comfortable approaching many people but say if you guys were there with me then i think having the spontane- spontaneity of free time you know you meet some people and then you can go out for coffee or like that would be really nice so yeah so are you saying are you saying you missed us yeah i wish you guys were no, there <laughs> yeah i i missed <laughs> i yeah i want someone there to pay for my juice all right i i'm also drinking juice not paying <laughs> not paying dibs <laughs> yeah right okay so finally i know you came back with some goodies mm. some good ones 
and also some not so good ones.、Mm. What did、we'll、you come back that with? Part. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say it. Like, what did you come back with? But what? If, what if they listen? <laughs> Look, this is a podcast. Because I did plug because I did plug our podcast to that person. So,、good. well, just、I、say what you came. Back. What did you come back with? Good and not bad. We'll leave that for the audience to decide. Ah,、uh, okay. <laughs> okay, so I, I came back with、um, my Lauren Ferrier.、Mm-hmm. I came back with two APs and、uh, the five thousand four that I was waiting for. What APs did you get? I got a Roloq and I got a Code. I never knew you were a big fan of the Code.、Mm, it was pretty nice once you see it in person. Which code did you get? Um, I got the rose gold one with the the purple dial. Okay.、Mm. Any particular reason why you like that one? Is it particularly purple with pink or something? Is it nice? Well, I don't have a purple dial in my collection yet, so it was it was、uh, nice to diversify a little bit, and also okay, I you know okay the code received a lot of backlash and. I went in not thinking of anything, but then the crystal of that watch, okay, is actually like people can say how much they hate or love the code or whatever, but one fact that you cannot really dispute is they did try to do something that other brands aren't doing with the crystal, and、um, the case. Like with the skeleton lugs, like that was nice, but the, I I don't really care about the lugs. I care more about the dial, and the dial was,、uh, I mean, it was purple. So I think what was the AP? What was the royal oak you got? Oh, I just oh I didn't buy it there. I I, I went to pick it up. It was the、okay. the the white gold honey dial. Right, that's nice. Yeah, and then the five thousand four. <clears throat> which 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 five thousand four was it? It was the it's the rose gold and black dial.、Hmm. But I mean, I don't know what I'm gonna do with that yet. Ah,、uh, okay. Right. Yeah. Well, that ends this session for the podcast. Wait, no, I have <laughs> I have reverso questions. Oh, okay. I prepared reverso questions. Wasn't expecting、yeah. this. We're going. Okay, so I was gonna be like, what would you guys have done or like done differently if you had came to Switzerland during like this whole fiasco week?、Hmm. Like compared、well, to you?、Hmm. Um, yeah, compared to me, or what you just what, something that maybe、just、like what would you have done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe that I wouldn't have done, or um. Long long. I think I told you like before you go. I don't think I think one. I kind of knew you were gonna be disappointed a little bit because、yeah. it's not as grand as people imagine it. And I think I'm similar to you in the sense that I was the same with the Defors. I didn't even ask to look at look at it because to me it's like、um, I just want to see what I want to buy, and then it's like okay.、Mm. Um, And then also, I usually what I do is I only to choose two main things: one during the day, one at night. And then the night one is usually a, a very special meal. But then the rest of the、mm. time in Switzerland, I will only、um, do outdoor stuff, like even picnics and hikes and stuff, because I think、yeah. you can never get this kind of ex- well, you can in Vancouver, right? But I can't get this in Asia. But everything else, I would just think of. I kind of think of Geneva, kind of like Tokyo. You can go every year just to go back to the same things、mm. to see if there's anything new, and then you kind of think of the place like、um, it's one of those cities that it's actually not that exciting. It's just specific、mm. things you need to go there for. Yeah, for this, yeah. I would never pack my days there. Yeah, I yeah. think if you weren't like a watch person,、yeah. going to Geneva is. There's no reason.、Mm, yeah, it might just be for the sceneries. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Another question, though, 
is you know the previews again it was my first preview right mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys feel this way but going back to what you said long like i only ask for pieces that you want to purchase mm-hmm. i also thought of it but also i was there and i felt kind of embarrassed asking for these Same. watches because yeah. i mean they know i can't i i am not buying or bidding for them mm-hmm. so it was like um well my friend there was very you know kind and and he was able to bring a lot of the pieces because sometimes you can only bring four at a time right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that i didn't know of so i had a list and it was very long so mm-hmm. four at a time and then he had to keep going back and forth i felt really bad so I kind of just shortened it a little bit, but it still was a pretty long list. But mm-hmm. he was very kind and he brought all of them out, I think, in two uh, trays. Mm-hmm. And I was able to see a lot of them, but still, I didn't get to see everything that was on my list initially. Mm-hmm. But I felt bad asking to see more because I was just like, oh my God, it's just going to be such a trouble for you and I'm going to bother you so much. And also, like, my attitude was to see them in person right with maybe like i was trying to bid for one or two but then not definitely not you know all of them Mm -hmm. and i felt kind of a little bit embarrassed and and guilty to ask but that was Mm -hmm. just how i felt um yeah i think um yeah in answering your first question i probably i'm never i pack my schedule with stuff to do but i have a lot of free time in there as well not only to do the spontaneous things that sometimes occur, but also because yeah. my mind needs to rest and process. Yeah. So I don't like to just rush from one place to another. I like to be able to give everything like it's designated time. So generally, yeah, a bit like long, long, two things. Definitely would have made use of the outdoors. That's something that I would have uh, yes. definitely yes. done. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, you know, I've seen maybe like for you it was a massive opportunity to see a lot of pieces but then Mm -hmm. not saying I've seen a lot of pieces but maybe you know like what we said yeah meeting if we went together it's a lot more fun just to mess around have fun with the watches but then you know meet other people and and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so a bit more less structured and Mm -hmm. uh probably uh, being honest I probably have more interest seeing the independence going to Mm -hmm. the manufacturers and stuff yeah yeah i mean like in terms of your answer what you said about the auction i think yeah maybe for a lot of people who go there the first they first time they feel like how you feel like a bit bad you know a bit like bit shy but Mm. then i think if you go more you just get used to asking people to look at certain pieces and i agree with long long you know you you do go to pieces you do look at them and think is there much point in looking at something you can't really afford Yeah. yeah i mean Maybe if you treat it like a museum and think, oh, you know, I want to see historically significant pieces. Yeah. But if it doesn't fall into that, that category, is there much interest to then go and ask the guy to bring it out? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. Right. Yeah. So, so that's how I felt a little bit. And by the way, um, I agree 100 percent. Like maybe you'll like the the independence a lot more. However, I have to say, though. It was cool to go to the uh, salon, the paddock salon, because it was the only salon where they have almost everything on display and well, not on display, but you can request to see them and, and, and try on. You can't buy them, um, but it was it was kind of cool to see some of the watches that are in current production there. And um, and the people were really nice, too. Um, I sent my. I sent a watch there for servicing and then I wasn't expecting it, but I was very happy that it happened and they gave me some free straps to, to take home. So, um, and like free, free hats and a hoodie. That was nice in olive green. Mm, I think you did post about it, right? It pretty yes. Cool. It was just about how she got freebies and what, what? you get cheap and free stuff in Geneva. <laughs> Let me tell you, I took as much free things as possible. <laughs> Any chance I could find. Oh, I'll take that. You don't offer it to me? I'll ask. Um, the AirPods, did I tell you? I got an I got an AirPods Pro from AP 
and yeah and like that was pretty cool right and i had just lost one of my buzz i was like oh what a coincidence because <laughs> <laughs> someone else had it in front of them you actually really lost one no i did i i really did oh. I, re- I i didn't lose the bud i lost the rubber thing and um someone else the reason for our second dinner was because I had met someone in the boutique and then we got into talking and then he also purchased a watch and then through the same sales. So then we're like, oh, let's just all have dinner. Anyways, I saw that they offered him the 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 AirPods. I was like, oh, what's this? Well, I didn't know what it was. I just picked it up. And I was like, oh, it's uh, AP AirPods. And then the boutique manager sitting there um i think because the guy was you know i don't know how they know each other but it was like, oh yeah like please would you like one i was like oh yeah it would be lovely <laughs> so <laughs> i took as many free things as possible <laughs> oh i'm gonna sound like such a cheap person after this but anyway jack thanks for sharing that um journey yeah. with us yeah i'm really happy i'm sure you you know overall you had a really good time Mm. and it was a good insight you know into uh what Switzerland's like and the places you visited so yeah to the audience reach out to us at the waiting list podcast if you want to ask any more questions about Jack's trip um and we'll see you guys on the next one ciao bye-bye as always thank you for listening to the waiting list podcast we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, feel free to reach out to us at the Waiting List Podcast on Instagram or via our private accounts. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.